The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybook Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Tuesday, November 3rd, 2015, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series as casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my fantastic and wicked co-host, First up, she's always munching on an Apollo bar. It's Katie Cat. Hello, guys. Um, an Apollo bar sounds fantastic, actually. They look so good. Um, <laughs> hope you guys are doing well. I can't wait to talk about the episode. Next up, she must prove that she's brave. It's Ava Stark. Ah! Okay, everyone. <laughs> I hope everyone's doing good. I'm excited about this episode. And this time she means it. I do! Okay. <laughs> Next up, she guzzled down a spell of more dew potion. It's Ashley Michelle. Oh, you know it. How are you guys? Hope you guys are doing well and can't wait to talk about the episode with you. And last but not least, she's always craving onion rings. It's Pimenta. Yes, onion rings are my favorite because I'm knocked up. From Robin Hood, by the way. <laughs> Hello, guys. How are you? Can't wait to chat about yesterday's episode. So let's jump into our recap of episode 506, which was titled The Bear and the Bow, and it aired on November 1st, 2015. So here's the official synopsis of the episode. In a Camelot flashback, a chance encounter with Merlin, David, Hook, and Belle gives Merida new hope in her quest to save her brothers from the usurping clans of Dunbrock. Unwilling to leave anything up to fate, Merida brings Belle along on a dangerous journey that culminates with an invaluable lesson in bravery. In Storybrooke, Regina, Mary Margaret, and David discover the spell that would allow one of Merlin's chosen to communicate with him, but when Arthur fails to reach the missing sorcerer, the heroes grow suspicious. Meanwhile, Emma commands Merida to kill Belle in hopes of forcing Mr. Gold's heroic transformation. With Merida unable to disobey Emma's orders, Gold must find the courage to fight for Belle's life or risk losing her forever so let's get everyone's initial reaction and i've got to start with the one that's like busting at the seams right now to say what her initial reactions are ava oh my god this episode was a dream episode for me at least i mean i loved it like every single moment of it i i loved it i can't even put words together in my mouth 
to say how much I loved it. Say what you want to say and let the words fall don't. out. No. I want to see no. you be brave. It happened. <laughs> yes, I love this episode. Um, it was a good payoff for the fans of Rumpelstiltskin and Belle at least. And it, it was a great start to uh, Rumpelstiltskin's journey of... Um, I don't want to say hero because he's not a hero. Obviously, I mean, he did say he was a hero in the end, but the journey towards redemption, I guess. So I'm very excited to see that. Katie? Um, I really liked it. Um, I was surprised because I wasn't super looking forward to this episode. <sighs> um, but I, I actually really liked it. Um, and I'm really... It was nice to see Belle um, in more scenes again. It really was. So um, it was it was an enjoyable episode, and I love getting some Merida backstory. So, yeah. Pimenta. Um. Okay. I. It's not my favorite episode, uh, but it it was a good one. I have to say that. They they gave a stellar story in regards to Merida and uh, Belle and Rumpelstiltskin, who, I mean, the Rumble fans really, really, really deserve this episode, and I'm so happy for them. Um, yeah, it, it was okay. I did not enjoy it as uh, as other episodes, but it was a good episode. Ash. I thought this was a slow episode. Like, for me, it was... I felt like it went on for a long time. Like, I wasn't as immersed with it as I usually am. And I I can probably blame that on the fact that I'm not a total Rumbell fan. I support it, but I'm not in love with it. Gasp. And I, I kind of lost interest, like, halfway through. I felt like the episode was really... A lot of it was just forced. We'll get to that. The haters have all come out for haters you, hate. Ava Stark. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone will have different opinions. That's why I'm here. <laughs> oh, see, look at Ava. She's being all nice about it. <laughs> Unlike some of the Captain Swans. Oh my God! Hey. Stay away hey. from them, dude. I'm sorry, but it's yeah, it's well, scary to be. I'm, be I'm just. I'm just stirring the pot. Okay, <laughs> let me give my opinions. I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a fun episode. I had a couple of gripes over something, and Katie and I, we sort of chatted about it, and so I'm sure she'll bring it up, and, and I'll give my two cents about it a little bit later on in the recording. But for the most part, I thought it was a fun um, episode. I enjoyed the Meredith stuff. I enjoyed the Storybrooke stuff. I was very confused by the voicemail <laughs> scene. I was like, really? But, uh, oh, and uh, we're going to talk about probably one of my most favorite scenes ever in just a moment. So let's jump into the recap, and uh, we're going to start off in the past, in Camelot. It's still six weeks ago, so I guess everything that's been going on has is, is only been in like two days, what we've seen so far. They keep on saying six weeks ago. It's interesting. You would think that they would say like five weeks ago by <laughs> yeah. now. 
But anyway, so uh, just a really quick shout out to the opening sequence where we see an arrow from Merida. It's shot in the forest and it pierces the glass in the O of Once Upon a Time. It's fantastic. That so was six. Awesome. Six weeks ago in Camelot, in a dungeon, we have my, one of my most favorite scenes of this show ever. We have, uh, you know, some guards, and then bam, a flash of light, and smoke, and mirrors, and all that kind of stuff. And in comes badass David and badass Hook, and they start punching everybody and knocking people out. And then Merlin walks in like the pimp daddy that he is, and all he does is a Jedi mind trick on a guard and knocks him out. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's talking about bicycles and all that kind of crap. And then bam, they have to hide and, and lean back into the wall. And then we see guards coming in, and then this is when one of my most favorite hook moments ever when he where he fangirls merlin he's like you really do see the future and, and he was like hell yeah man what you think and uh so they go and uh, <laughs> it was spectacular that's not what happened on your tv well on my computer Yes, uh, that's that's how I saw it happen. So Merlin's lighting uh, fires and all this stuff, bringing in the light, and then bam, they get to the cells where Lancelot and uh, Meritor are at, and uh, David assures Lancelot that they're okay, they aren't under the spell anymore, but Merlin can't free them because it's got new magic because he's been locked up for uh, millennia, and uh, he, he doesn't know how to take it down, the, the protection spell, but Belle is there, with her books because we all know she loves books and uh, she's like here this will help you out and this is where i officially dub a new ship is everybody ready yes uh -oh. beautiful sorcerer <laughs> that's a good one yeah yeah I was going to say it's probably something stupid. No. Belle and Merlin. <laughs> yeah. Because Merlin complimented Belle, and Belle was like, well, at least somebody notices. <laughs> yeah. It's cute. Which was fantastic. And so they free Lancelot and Merida. And Merida still, she needs to save her, her brothers. You know, her wisp is gone and all that kind of thing. But uh, Merlin assures her that uh, they will find a way to help her family in Dunbrock. And so uh, Belle basically asked Merida why she was in the dungeon, and Merida explains that the wisps led her to the sea, and there was a boat, and she stole the wrong boat because it was Arthur's boat, and so he threw her in a cell. And uh, Merida then knocks Belle out, and hours later they find themselves on a rowboat, and Belle learns that Merida needs Belle's magic to find her brothers. Belle's like, well, you could have asked, and she's like, yeah, but you could have said no, and I couldn't afford that. And she explains that the clans have kidnapped her brothers so that they can force her to relinquish the throne, as she is not married. So later on, Merida and Belle, they stumble upon a witch's home, and they sneak inside, they use the cauldron to do basically a locator spell, which conjures up a vision of the southern moor, where three men are vying for Merida's hand in marriage, and followed by her three brothers that are brought in by the captors, removing bags off their heads, and basically the United Clans all plan to kill Merida's brothers and take Dunbrock from Merida because Merida has abandoned them. Oh no! And so Belle tells Merida that it's time to change the fate, 
And so Belle reads the scroll, and as Belle watches Merida practice her archery skills, they finish up creating a special potion. The potion is going to turn Merida into a bear so that she can save her brothers. But Belle is skeptical about using magic to change fate, and Belle, you know, is like, you know, I need to, I need to, I need to. And so they reach the United Clans, Merida threatens to take them out, but when she drinks the potion, apparently Belle switched the potion with water, and uh, then she tells Merida that she should have faith in her own fate without magic. And so when the United Clans archers aim their arrows at her brothers, Merida shows them who was in charge by aiming her arrows at the targets and takes them all out. And the clans then bow down to Merida to acknowledge her as the Queen of Dunrock. And with that out of the way, Merida lets Belle return to Camelot to join the others. While we're in Camelot, Merlin takes a look at the Apollo candy bar when Emma arrives, and Merlin reminds Emma about their chance encounter in our world when she was younger. Remember, he was the usher at the movie theater. And he reminds Emma of uh, what he told her. I'm not pulling Excalibur out. She's like, but it's already out. And he's like, don't worry. It's going to get back in the stone. Don't touch it. You know, it's going to bring danger to her loved ones. So it's a pretty simple Camelot flashback dealing with Merida and Belle and their adventure with a nice little... uh, action-packed scene in the beginning and uh, a nice scene between Emma and Merlin at the end. So let's get everyone's take on what went on in the past. We'll start off with Ash. I I enjoyed the flashback scenes, definitely. Especially getting to know Merida's backstory. and I thought it was really cool that they got the characters in the show to look almost identical to the animated um, movie. That was pretty on it. But um, I really enjoyed this part of the episode. This was one of my more favorite parts. Pimenta? Well, Merida is actually on... I think Merida is my favorite Disney princess ever. It used to be Belle, but uh, it's, it's... It's Merida now. Yeah, what what did what did I want to say? Merida oh, yeah. was your favorite. Yeah. Say so, what you yeah, want to say. I, and let the words fall out. Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> I love that Ava does that every time. What <laughs> up, Ava? I'm trying to speak here. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I'm um. I'm conflicted because I really enjoy Amy Manson as Merida and I really enjoy the fact that we get to see her on the show and I really like to see her backstory but uh, I'm just I'm disappointed to see how much time the creators of the show spend on the guest stars and how they neglect their regular uh, their, their permanent characters and like I was I was telling you guys earlier, I think that Merida shot like a hundred more arrows in her la- in the course of last night's episode than what Robin has in the course of three years now in the show. So I'm compl- yeah, I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. I I enjoy seeing Merida's backstory. I think that it's she's a bit out of the blue. She doesn't really fit 
in the story right now. I think that, that they could have used her better if they used her later on or independently. Uh, but still, it's Merida and I like Merida and so well, I'm, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Katie, what did you think? I really like the backstory, actually. Um, I... I do, I like Merida a lot, and I think it was nice to get her backstory on the show, um, especially for people who might not have seen the movie. Um, and it kind of gives, a, I mean, it's not total backstory to the actual movie, but it gives kind of some of her backstory on the show, which is great. Um, but I really liked it. Um, I think it taught some lessons and it gave Belle a chance to shine again. Um, I saw this, uh, uh, post, um, on Tumblr that had, um, it had, uh, a set of, um, Belle going on, on adventures with, um, one of the Disney princesses every, uh, every season, which is really, she really does. It's really cute. Yeah. It's cute. I, I like that she gets a chance to interact with um, our guest characters, and I thought she did really well. Um, she proved to she gave proof to Merida that she can she could do it without um, magic, and it was great. And she really pushed her to uh, to accomplish it herself without having to use magic to help her along. Um, but I mean, I really liked it. I thought there were some really gorgeous scenery scenes that we might not have had for a while on the show, which is cool. I like when they use the background of Vancouver um, in their shots because it's so beautiful. It's Dunbrock. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> it's North Vancouver. I. <laughs> that was, that was the leaf lady was very happy. That's <laughs> oh, great. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah. Yay for Belle going on more adventures. Woohoo! Mistress Ava. <laughs> okay. Um, I have to agree with Katie and Katie. Uh, because <laughs> it was a really, really. Katie squared. Katie squared. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, it was great seeing Belle to shine once again. And it was awesome to see that actually it was Belle who gave the courage and encouragement to Merida because this whole time we were like this is Merida she is brave she doesn't need courage or encouragement but it was actually Belle who helped her so kudos to Belle which was awesome um I was kind of like uh what the hell I had a what the hell moment when Merida took Belle from the gang and I was like um did they not realize she's gone like Hey, um, Belle is gone. So that was like shows how much they care about <laughs> Belle. What? Yeah, and then oh. we're gonna get to another point uh, later in the episode. But yeah, so overall, I loved it. I can't complain. It was good. Good adventure. I love Merida. I can't complain about her either. Yeah, I thought Merida was a whole lot of fun. It was great to see sort of Once's interpretation of Brave. I love that they used the original title of the film, Brave, The Bear and the Bow, for the title of this episode. And I thought it was really neat, like that opening scene. Like, I I can't get over that opening scene. That was, like, action-packed. We haven't seen a scene like that 
in a while, and it was just spectacular. I mean, how can you hate on that opening scene? And then to end the episode with that nice little callback to uh, the scene that kicked off the season with uh, Merlin and uh, young Emma, and then like Emma getting reminded about Merlin, I thought that was really great as well. I agree with you. Uh, that opening scene was act. It has to be one of my favorite scenes of the sea season right now, of season five. Um, it's just so badass. I was actually. I keep thinking, why? Okay, so Merlin comes in. He tries to break everyone from jail, and he's like, "This is strong magic that I have no idea how to use." Yada yada. And then he just moves his hands and, oh, yeah, that's so simple. I was expecting to see this huge VFX thing go on and nothing. Uh, budgets, no. Pimenta, budget, budget cuts. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Have him, say, have him say this is some kind of magic that I'm not familiar with, but it's not supposed to be something to make us feel that it's coming. It's, I'm going to break them De- uh, I'm going to break these these cells down, and it's going to be magnificent because he prepares. So he takes this deep breath and everything, and I'm I'm yeah I'm going yes yes come on he's going to do it, he's going to do it, and it's like blah. I want to ah. make a comment on Marlin. <laughs> it could be just me, but if someone is as powerful as him, who is basically a sorcerer for thousands of years or whatever, maybe more, because he was stuck in a tree for a thousand years. Um, he seems to be very like, eh, whatever. Um, I thought he would be more, uh, like, aggressive, not just a funny little guy. You know what I mean? I don't know, I think it's just me that sees it that way. It's just you. Okay. I think it's, <laughs> it's a good way to show how he's not power hungry. Like how he's it is kind of easy. Merlin, he's just like us. <laughs> not like that. At least, like, his sense of humor should have been a bit tuned down. That's what I think. I like snarky people. That's why I love Regina. <laughs> yeah, oh, Regina rocks. You gotta love a little snark and, sna- and sass. You're trapped in a tree for a couple couple years. You, you got wanna... time to think of sassy things to say. <laughs> you got a whole lot of time. You want some human interaction. Mm, yeah. Exactly. So, any final thoughts on Camelot? Did we? Did anyone like? Um, well, Camelot slash Dunbrock. Dunbrock. Did anyone else like think of the episode where they go back in time through Zelina's time portal, and Hook and Charming break into Regina's castle to try to rescue Emma, and she comes out and is like, "Well," and and Hook goes, "Well, damn, Emma, you just took away my glory, and now they got the glory from coming in Prince Charming and Hook again. Get to." Bust into a castle and free some and hook people. fangirled. Oh yeah, <laughs> he did big time. <laughs> that was just the best. Was he was like, "Oh my god, you, you do." <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. A, he just needed a line at that point. Let's have him fangirl. Sorry. <laughs> Leave Hooker alone. Leave the hookers alone. They're very protective <laughs> no. of Hook. Don't yeah. call us like that. <laughs> that is what you guys call yourselves. That, that's the official Hookers. name. Yes, Katie is the lead hooker. <laughs> She's the founder of the hooker club. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, guys, seek her out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, on that note, let's move into present day. And uh, we have uh, Regina basically filling everybody in on what Emma let slip out. That Merlin is, in fact, out of the tree. And uh, they found him, they released him, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, basically, she reminds everyone that they, we have the Crimson Crown, and it can be used to summon Merlin. But... It can only be used by a person that has been chosen by the sorcerer, and uh, they, uh, you know, they have a discussion. And uh, Bell sort of mentions gold, and everyone uh, sort of, uh, you know, is like gold, really. And they're, and you know, she's basically says what I think a lot of people are thinking in the sense that, like, how can all of you be so forgiving of Emma, and. Uh, still uh, like mistrusting of gold which i think is a fair question in my opinion even though you know david sort of like did say you know well he's had all these chances but i you know they're both dark ones and whether you know emma has only been the dark one for i don't know six weeks and uh, gold has been it for i don't know centuries or whatever or something like that but you gotta understand that it's like the darkness that takes over them. It's not like it's them in a sense. You know, if they're using that excuse for Emma, mm -hmm. you know, it's the darkness in her. It's not really Emma. Then why can't they do that with Rumple? Let's pause here and actually have this discussion. Because I'm sure a lot of people probably are discussing that amongst themselves. I, am a, I agree with Belle. I mean... When I watched that scene, I was like, yeah, th there's a voice of reason. I mean, why would everybody jump to, to, to justify Emma's actions when so many people have been accusing Regina of her actions about, you know, when she was the evil queen or uh, Rumpel and everything that he's done while he was a dark one? I mean, why is Emma excluded? What she did in the last episode was not... It was not good. I mean, she pulled the Cora on a kid. Of all yeah. people. I mean, yeah, I think I, what might be hard for them to see past is that... Even as an audience, the only thing that we've seen Rumpel as the longest is the Dark One. Not that that is an excuse, because he did have the darkness in him. But it's so hard to see him as something different than that. Because up until um, the past few episodes, or this season, I should say, he has been the Dark One. Um, except for, you know, the flashback scenes that we have seen, um, where he, before, he was the Dark One. I don't but disagree. It, yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't I don't fully excuse Rumpelstiltskin. and I have issues with many things that Rumpelstiltskin has done as the Dark One. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean that everything he did or everything that Emma has done are solely based uh, on the darkness. Darkness is not the only thing that gets the, the blame in this situation. They chose to embrace it. Because if yeah. Merlin, yeah, if Merlin tells Emma, uh, if he asks her if her heart is ready to be freed from the darkness, yet she's still the dark one in present day, then that means that Emma's heart had succumbed to the darkness. She enjoyed it. She enjoyed the freedom, probably, that it provided. I don't know what it is, but uh, that was her choice. It was not the darkness' choice to accept it, uh, to accept the power. 
and everything that comes with it. Ava, our Dark One expert <laughs> and uh, fanatic, can you please answer the question? What was the question? I'm just kidding, I know the question. Uh... <laughs> Alright, Sarah. <laughs> uh, Katie thing... loved that. The thing is, uh, I have to agree with you, Poppy and Katie. Uh, we've seen Rumpelstiltskin as a dark one for four seasons. That's how we got to know him as a character. But also, beneath that darkness, we saw the man there. So we threw Bell, basically. Um, for what he did, the actions he took, I'm gonna say he should be held liable as much as Emma, what, whatever Emma's doing. Because no matter what the darkness is, no matter what they do, they're still in control. The host is in control to take decisions. Except what I think is the darkness just pushes them to make the wrong choice, but in their mind, it's the right choice. Uh, when Rumpelstiltskin saw the hat in season four, in his mind, he was like, this is my chance of getting rid of the dagger while keeping my power. And that would have been a victory for the Dark One, not Rumpelstiltskin, because now nothing can stop this darkness. Um, and same with Emma. She is obsessed with the Excalibur because she wants to suck out the dark, the light out of it. That's so, what she wants to do? Well, I think that's what I she wants think. to do. That's what it No, I just like. took it into a very wrong place. Uh, but continue uh, on. Oh, dude. Disgusting. Oh, <laughs> Like you weren't thinking that Ash. I wasn't. But now you are. Yeah, your fault. (laughs) Ava, please go on. I just lost my track. But okay. Um. She was sucking stuff. She was sucking stuff. Yes. Um. It's the darkness that's pushing it, pushing their deepest um, insecurities uh, to do the things that they think is right. But in our mind, it's wrong. As viewers, we're like, no, that's wrong. Um, That's why they separated the heroes and the villains. They separated those two terms into two complete different terms. Because you can see who's a hero and who's a villain. Um, That's what I think is happening. But I think both of them should be held uh, liable for what they did. The actions they took because they were still them. Emma is still Emma, except... She's the dark one. Well, there you go. I give you 75 Poppy Chula Radio PowerPoints. That should be way more. That was great. I deserve 750. 750, I accept that. Thank you very much. (laughs) You're welcome. It's all because of you, Katie. Thank you, Katie. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Continuing on... Okay, so basically, uh, you know, Belle kind of storms out because she gets annoyed with everybody. She's like, forget y'all. So out in the woods, Gold is looking at the chipped cup, the chipped cup. And uh, he's got it in his hand. He's like, forgive me, Belle. And kisses it and then breaks it in order to take the shard and free himself from uh, the ropes that he's tied up with. And uh, we have Emma arriving to see if Gold has made any progress. And Merida and uh, Emma discover that Gold has escaped. And so Emma then forces Merida to find him. Because remember, she's got her heart. And uh, threatens the archer with destroying her heart. But Merida's like, kill me. You know, I'm, I'm tired of this. And... Um, 
And she's like, you know, Merida is going to kill Bell in order to turn gold into a hero because she needs the hero to release Excalibur. As for Belle, she uses uh, a street map to find out where Emma is keeping gold, but then hears noise in the elevator in that library, prompts her to uh, you know get ready to attack, and all of a sudden the door is open and it is gold. And he warns Belle that Merritt is after her by using gold to turn him into a hero, but in order to do that, Emma is going to basically using Belle as targets, and so... Uh, you know, after a bit of hesitation, the two race back to the pawn shop to find magic. While all this is going on, Regina, she conjures up a potion with Arthur watching, telling her that, uh, you know, David has explained everything. Regina gives Arthur our bedazzled toadstool, and Arthur hesitates, saying, oh, you know what, I need to do this by myself, because whenever Merlin used to talk to me through the tree, we used to do it, you know, when it was just me and my lonesome, and, um, so David tells everyone, you know what, let's leave him be, and everyone disappears. When Arthur's there by himself, he tosses the Crimson Crown into the fire instead of the cauldron, and then he basically tells everyone that the spell did not work. Now, while all this is going on, you know, we've got potions on one side, we've got uh, an archer, you know, being told to kill people on the other, we have Zelina, and uh, the uh, severe nurse... Because that's all we know, know how to call her. She comes in and uh, wait, she... Wait, wait, wait. She has a name, doesn't she? No, she's called the Severe Nurse. No, she has a name. Oh, Ratchet. she's Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> that is true, yeah. We recently found out it's Nurse Ratchet. But she, I still like her as Severe Nurse. So she's sending, uh, uh, she's bringing in some food that Regina had sent. It's all healthy and delicious and organic and kale and all that kind of stuff. I don't know why people don't like kale. I think it's delicious, but that's an aside. Anyway, so Zelina's reading what to expect when you're expecting, and uh, she she's craving onion rings. She doesn't want the kale, so she sends it away, and all of a sudden the dark swan arrives and uh, she materializes the wicked witch to her home for onion rings and take out food and basically Zelina's like you know all this food is delicious and thanks for watching me eat but what the hell do you want and so Emma shows Zelina the apprentice's wand she's like you know you're the only person that's been able to wield it and lived and uh, she offers Zelina freedom and protection in exchange for her assistance but Zelina basically tells Emma that you're a bad influence and I don't want someone like you around my baby and <laughs> the darkness is already causing her you know to do all these horrible things because you know that man with the mop down in the basement apparently he likes to talk although we've never seen it and um he knows all the gossip in the town and basically filled her in on what she did aka emma to that little girl aka violet about her heart and she knows what uh you know what's going down in the town and that she doesn't want to be part of it because she doesn't want to get mixed in with her family problems so despite all of this emma's basically like oh don't worry you will t make a deal with me one day and she's like oh dark one's making deals how original and poof she gets poofed away so let's pause right here in midway point and discuss everything that's been going on i love this zelina and dark swan scene i gotta say i love zelina and we haven't seen a lot of zelina and so it was great to see her in the episode I agree. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Rebecca made her all the way. Yes. Rebecca she's Rebecca just wins. Yeah, Rebecca wins at life. She uh, even though, you know, the show for me at least has made me despise Alina. I loved her. 
Yeah, I mean, I loved her in season three. I, I've met Rebecca. She's a fantastic person. And every time I see her on a scene, uh, as as much as I may hate the scene at times, I love Rebecca's acting. She aced that scene last night. She was fantastic. Her facial expressions are everything. <laughs> I love to hate Selena. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. <laughs> Any other thoughts uh, on Zelina? And of course that key she line. Wants on, she wants onion rings. <laughs> <laughs> She's no so unhealthy, oh my god. <laughs> well, some women like pickles and ice cream and you know. When let you, her have her onion rings. Zelina should eat the greens. She didn't want the green juice, which I thought was funny. She <laughs> wanted nothing green. She's like, that's very stereotypical. <laughs> I think Regina uh, is out there in some, um, I don't know, in her house or anything, and she's basking at her success of feeding Zelina green stuff. <laughs> exactly. So continuing on, we uh, have Belle and Gold, and the coast is clear. They made a run for it. Gold tells Belle about, you know, his enchanted forest past about the ogre wars and why he sees himself as a coward and and bell you know she's like i see you as a hero and when they make it back to the pawn shop merida of course shows up shoots an arrow bell saying you know i can't resist the magic and uh, bell you know breaks open the door she, you know she walks she walks into the room and she accidentally shoots a mirror you know seeing the reflection of bell and uh Gold, uh, Belle yanks the rug, and knocks her out, it, it, sort of like shadowing what happened in the past, in a sense. And uh, they make it, they um, they leave, but without uh, leaving this little potion. They end up taking this little potion bag, and then uh, they drive to the town line so that they can use it. Basically, it's an anti-transformation or reverse transformation potion. That basically, so that when they cross the town line, they don't transform into the trees. So, Belle's like, no, you know, we can't leave. You know, we have to stay. We have to fight. And Gold is all like, but I'm a coward and all this stuff. And so, Belle ends up, uh, you know, getting out the car. And uh, it seems as if Gold is going to still go on you know to pass the town line and so bell you know walks away she runs into merida and merida's like i'm sorry but she's making me drink this she, she takes the potion turns her into a ginormous bear and it starts chasing bell but before she can convince merida to listen the bear you know gets distracted by gold and uh bell you know it, he basically, you know, is getting uh, the bear away from Belle so that he, he's sort of saving Belle in a sense. The bear, you know, roars, you know, knocks Gold down onto his back. You know, the bear is getting ready to attack. Gold is like, do your worst. And then all of a sudden he sees the potion and he throws the potion into the bear's mouth. Very reminiscent of... Uh, Maleficent in dragon form getting the uh, the true love potion uh, tossed into her belly. And the, the potion obviously restores Merida back to normal. You know, and he Gold says, you know, he didn't know if it was going to work. And, 
you know, Bell's like, you saved me, and then Gold's like, no, it is you who saved me. And so the three return to the basement where Gold agrees to pull Excalibur in exchange for... He wants to make a deal, of course, because it's Dark One type stuff, in exchange for Merida's heart, and for Merida to find out where her brothers are, and uh, Gold then pulls Excalibur out, but before that, because he wasn't sure if he was going to uh, justify by touching Excalibur, he's like, Bell, I love you. If I could do it all over again, I would be the better man for you. I love you. And I, you know, and then Bell's like, but you could still do it. <laughs> and so then he pulls, he pulls it out in front of the three ladies and tosses it on the floor. Excalibur, that is. I don't know where everyone's minds, uh, minds are. Where exactly and uh emma t tells merida uh get sorry gives merida back her heart tells her that her brothers are fine with her mother and gold basically tells uh emma you made a big mistake you know because you just made a hero and emma's like yeah well there's a lot of heroes here nobody stopped me and she's like yeah and he's like yeah but they're not me boom boom drop bitch. the mic so, before we continue on to the other stuff that was going on in town, let's talk about Gold and his heroic adventure. What did everyone think? We'll start off with Katie, because I know Katie has a gripe. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. I kind of, mm, I felt like this obviously kind of went back to his roots of being a coward, and they focused a lot on that for the majority of the episode, and then all of a sudden... He oh, just pause for a second, because there was a truth bomb that I forgot to mention. Oh, Gold yeah. actually tells Belle the very, very, very true truth as to why he has the limp. That he injured himself because he didn't want to continue on in the Ogre War because he was scared. It wasn't what she had originally thought that he did it so that he could be with his son and that kind of thing. So the ultimate truth finally came out. Yeah, I think that was Ratcon. That was unnecessary. No, that's the truth. We saw it in the flashback. Uh, he saw all of the bodies. Remember, there was the episode with the, the lady with the eyes on her hands, right? Mm -hmm. In her palms. Mm -hmm. the, the seer, I think is her name. Yeah. And uh, he saw all the dead bodies coming in and then he... He crippled himself. Okay, I think like I had a, I wanted to make a comment about that as well, but Katie, you can go ahead. No hard feelings. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, I felt like they focused so much on his cowardly ways for so long, and then like all of a sudden he does this like um, I don't want to say small, but I don't know how to say it. He does this brave thing. And then he's he considers well I don't I don't ah I don't know how to say it but like all of a sudden he can pull the sword out of the stone. Bam! He's a hero. And I'm like, what? In okay. <laughs> Zero to hero in two point two seconds. Exactly. Like I honestly kind of felt like. Well, that is the Hercules song. Would have been song. nice to see oh, Bell pull the sword out. I don't know. I would have loved Girl to see power. that because I felt like the episode focused so much on Bell being the one who was ultimately well I guess maybe not but she ultimately pushed people on to become brave and she's I don't know I just mm. Katie's like fuck this this is not what I asked <laughs> I don't know like I mean after I actually saw the episode 
I was more okay with it. Um, but I still... And I mean, just because he pulled the sword out of the stone doesn't necessarily mean, like, he's a hero right away. But, um... He did make the right choice, and he did make some confessions that were not necessarily heroic, but better than what he would have ever said before, before Mm -hmm. he pulled the sword out of the stone. So, I guess that's good. But I mean, the sword also needs to be pulled by someone who's worthy, and the show has clearly gone on to show that Arthur might have been worthy at the time when he pulled the sword out of the stone, but he also quickly became obsessed and um, such and crazy afterwards. So You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so just because he pulled it out of the stone doesn't mean like he's a full-blown hero now. It just means that at that point he had made some good choices and he was worthy at that point, I think, to pull the sword out of the stone. So I guess that makes sense in that way. But I am definitely interested to hopefully see Rumple make some more good choices along the way and not just revert back to his cowardly ways or desire for power or whatever. So I guess we'll see what happens. But that was my only gripe was I felt like, bam, he was a hero in two seconds. But yeah. You, before think- well, before you go, Ava, because I feel like I'm I'm a good sort of middle point between your opinions and Katie's opinion, because I can kind of get both sides. Uh-huh. So I'll go really quick. I get what Katie is saying because I 100% agree with that. Because it felt like, wow, all of a sudden he did one thing and then bam, he's a hero, and he can pull the sword out and everything's all fine and dandy. I would have preferred seeing it gradually happen instead of just happening over one episode because it really felt kind of rushed in my opinion but i can see the other side of it in the sense that now that he's no longer the dark one and they made a strong emphasis of saying that he's a blank slate that his heart is and it's clear and it's pure and all that kind of stuff i can kind of get that because he's kind of a blank slate he's he's a blank space baby they wrote his name Woo-hoo! <laughs> Sorry, I did that that made me laugh. But um because he is a blank page, blank space, blank slate, he um can be molded into the form that he's I guess influenced in. And so because you know she's uh she being the dark one is like forcing him to be heroic, that I guess, you know, that one act, even though was it really that heroic? Sorry, Ava. You know, that one act, you know, pushed him over the limit, and all of a sudden now he's uh, heroic enough to pull Excalibur out. So I can kind of see both sides to the coin. I guess that's one of the added benefits of being a Gemini. But uh, it still felt a little rushed for me. It would have been nice to have at least seen him maybe in an episode or two. Like, have him do a couple of heroic things, and then, like, something big, and then, bam, oh, you know, I am a hero! Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. yeah. So Ava, I'm go ahead, Ava. I um, I was gonna just say that I wasn't gonna say no. You guys are wrong. I, I'm, I actually agree with you guys. Uh, but it would have been nice if they started this thing episode three, and by episode six, if he pulled the sword out, then we would have been like. Okay, this makes sense. He did, like, I don't know, one or two heroic thing, 
and now he deserves to uh, take the sword out. Um, but I also think when he was leaving Storybrooke, obviously they didn't show us or they cut it, whatever. Uh, he probably to himself, he thought that, how long am I going to do this? How long am I going to run away from my problems? I have to face them one day. And, and this was the right moment for him. He didn't know he was going to face a bear while going back, but he obviously did. So it, it was a turning point to his character, uh, which was great. Uh, but yes, I see what you guys are saying, how that, why he just became a hero in literally two seconds. And I just hate, <laughs> I hate that title, to be honest, hero. Um, he's not a hero. He should be uh, neither a hero nor a villain. A character that's there, who can make mistakes, but then fixes mistakes. Who can face his problems. Uh, just a neutral character uh, that everyone will sort of kind of like. That will make everyone come together. That's what I want him to see. Uh, but I also think that this is a journey for him. Uh, pulling the sword out is the first step to whatever is coming. Yeah, uh, hopefully. Ahead of us. So, yeah. I hope so. We really do need a redemption arc for Rumpel, and if this is the start of it, then I'm all for it. Because, I mean, it took Regina and, to a certain extent, Hook, you know, a little while to get redeemed yeah. by our core group. So, Rumpel certainly... Yeah, we were talking about that, actually, because what I think is, with Regina and Hook, they're different cases. They didn't have darkness in them. And it goes same for Emma. If, sh if she's no longer the dark one, she has to pay for the things she did. She has to apologize. You gotta pay she the has price. to make up for that. Pay the price for it, yeah. yes. So, thing if the darkness is, is, is out of them, yeah. I guess... The thing is, I don't, I don't think that the creators are... They want to show the dark swan and they're invested in this story, but I... After... After some, after what Henry said last night about Emma, I don't think that they are very serious in regards to how they are going to deal with the aftermath of Emma's dark. That could be uh, true dark, too, yeah, because Henry's yeah. Uh, line was very telling. It's not her, you know. I know that's not my mom. My mom is in there somewhere. But it is her. Yeah, it is her actually, because you cannot blame the darkness for something that someone did. It's not everything in this show shows that it's their choices. I mean, they might have been affected yeah. by magic or darkness at some point. True, yes, but they uh, they have complete control of their actions. Yeah. So yeah, you, I I am not really comfortable with what Henry said last night. Anyway, and I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I I will not go further on that. Well, I'll say this: <laughs> it's interesting what they're doing with the Dark Swan. Because for the most part, even though I am liking this season, so let me say that first, because I'm I am gonna say something that's gonna sound like maybe I don't like it. What they're doing with her, they're not she's not threatening. I'm sorry. Like what has she done? I mean she did the thing with Violet, but unless she did something major in Camelot besides creating this curse like, I just... Which I don't think she has. Well, I don't know. I, I just don't see her as threatening. Like, Rumple, 
you felt it. Like, you didn't know what the hell he was going to do because he's, you know, he's turned people into bugs and stepped on them. And he's done a lot of really bad things. And uh, he's made a lot of really shady deals. Like, I think with every single villain that we've had on the show, he's had to deal with them. What has Emma done? Yes. She has a secret uh, secret she, room. She, she, she stole their memories. She, you know, she made the girl break uh, his heart. It seems that she may end up having a deal with Zelina or something. But what has she really done that's, like, really horrifically bad? I don't think she's killed anyone. And we haven't seen it yet. Well, yeah, that, but... It's not just that. I mean, they... I am not. Uh, I'm conflicted when I see Emma and Camelot wearing a white dress. That's. I. I mean, I was expecting to see the dark swan through the entire, uh, the entire at least, the entire first half of the season. Yet I'm seeing glimpses of the dark swan, and the virgin Emma. Sorry. Oh my. Well, because she's learning how to be the dark swan in the past. But Rumpelstiltskin didn't have to wait. Well, we don't know. We haven't. We never saw. We saw. Was that, that immediately killed. the following day? All of a sudden, he crushed the guy into a bug, or you know, kissed my yeah, boots. No, he immediately killed uh, like the soldiers that were taking Bay away. Like the next yes. morning, basically the same Crazy. night. Like I'm gonna say, like five hours later, he comes okay. home and just. So could it be dad. because Emma had all the light magic as opposed to Rumpel, who's just normal? Well, I think that they I will mean, they will uh, they will attribute her actions to that to her being the savior and everything. But Rumpelstiltskin was not a bad guy either. He was just a coward. But it is different I mean, if you have the magic, though. But go, Ash. Oh, now I have a lot to say. Okay. Yes. Say it. Say it. Say what you want to say. Don't even start with me. <laughs> The first thing I'm going to say is that the scene where Belle gets out of the car and says that she does not want to leave Storybrooke because there's still people there that care for her. I lost a lot of respect for her when she said that. Like because, because of what they said to her earlier with why would we why would we care about Rumple after what he's done for us? And she walks out of the room and no one cares. And then she's willing to give up her life basically to put herself in life-threatening danger for people who basically let her walk away from them and let her go into this mess. Damn. Ash That's just dropped him. the microphone. She did. I was holding that in. Um, and then the Rumple thing. I, I think he has made a terrible mistake with calling himself a hero. Because he hasn't done anything yet to make him a hero. He took a bag full of sand and threw it into the mouth oh my of gosh. something that was hanging over him. It really, like, he, he did the minimal amount that he had to do to save himself. And that's what Emma needed him to do. I don't think... I remember Merlin saying something, or Arthur, I'm not sure about how Excalibur is nothing but a hunk of metal unless the right person is wielding it. And when Rumpelstiltskin pulled the sword from the stone, his name didn't appear on the sword. There was nothing big happened but him pulling the sword out. 
So I think that to get the sword out, you need to have the potential to be a hero. Not that you are one. Because Arthur wasn't a hero when he pulled his. But he could have been. And he didn't become what he could have been. And Rumpel can be a hero, but he hasn't done anything yet. And that's why he could pull the sword. And that's why nothing big happened. Noth the sword wasn't reunited. His name didn't appear on it, like the spoiler that we, rele we released a couple of weeks ago. And it's just not enough. It wasn't anything big. It was enough for Emma, because I have a theory on what she needs the sword for later that we'll get into if you stick around Ooh. for spoilers. But he needs to stay on the right path before he can call himself a hero. And the fact that he did already is like giving himself... It's like rewarding yourself before you do anything. It's not... It's. I think it's a... Rumpel really needs to work at this. And... What about his it? deal with, with Emma um, when he's like, well, I know you love to make deals, so my deal is I'll pull the sword for you. But you have to give Merida's heart. That wasn't for him. It was for Merida. So what do you think of that? I think that he just did it uh, because he didn't want Merida to threaten Belle, probably. I don't think he cares about Merida herself. He just wanted Belle to be safe uh, and not threatened because of him and because of what Emma wanted to do with him after. I mean, we don't know what. why wasn't Emma just trying to take the sword out herself, why would she need Rumpelstiltskin of all people? Well, because she's not a hero. She's she a villain she's now. Too. She knew that Rumpel could pull it. That's why she needed him. She knew that he could do it. We've seen Emma knowing everything that needs to happen and making sure it happens, no matter what, like with Henry. I yeah, still don't, I but I, I disagree yeah. a little bit with Pimenta. I think what he did for Merida was a bit selfless. Do, do I think he's a hero just because, you know, he was looking out for Merida in a sense? Uh, you know, no, but I mean, it is a step in the right direction. Uh, you know, he had all these experiences with her and like she specifically told him, you know, I'm not doing this for you. I'm only doing this, you know, because Emma's making me and this that, or the other. So he could tell that she wasn't a willing cohort of the Dark Swan. So I thought it was a nice sort of act for him to do because that's really all she's been wanting throughout uh, the past you know, uh, encounters with Rumpel. I want. I need to find out what's going on with my brothers. I need to do this. I need to do that. So I thought that was just a nice act that he did. Like a step yeah, towards whatever that. that's coming. Exactly. Out. I mean, is it? It's it's like a baby step. I mean, it's not yeah. a huge step, but it's certainly a step in the right I agree, direction. I agree. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe in the end, that was what got him to be able to take the sword out and not throwing the bag inside the bear's mouth. I mean, he may, yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe he was being selfless. Maybe he realized that uh, he saw what he would have done as the dark one to this poor girl, and he was like, no, I'm not going to let her life go to waste just because Emma's the dark one and she has weird needs. It was a selfless act. I don't think it was more than any uh, anything else. It was 
He could have no, asked I mean, for something else. I can understand didn't. how you. I I believe it was selfless. That's before we say any. Before I say anything, I be, I agree with you. But what if he did it as like saying, "Well, if I could die from doing this, I might as well get something out of it. I might as well get somebody happy." Well, so you that, know, that's no but I still don't really see that as a bad thing. You yeah, know, you kind of, if he thought that, like, I could see him doing that because he wants to, like, let's say if he dies, you know, he wants to end things on a positive note. And then much like his final words to Belle, you know, if I don't see you ever again because this thing is going to kill me, you know, might as well, you know, bear open my heart to you and know that, you know, I really wish that I could have done things differently. Well, it, no matter why she did it, if, if it was for Belle, if it was for Merida herself, it's a good thing what he did. I mean, it's still selfless. It was not for him. It, w it would be for someone else, you know? Yeah. Got yeah. So, any final thoughts on Rumple? Because we do have to discuss the last major scene in Storybrooke. Nope. Um, we got everything. Yeah. I'm good. Okay, so moving back into Regina's vault, we have the spell. The spell didn't work, and as suspected by David, Arthur lied to them, believing that uh, the uh, magical toadstool would end up burning. Obviously, it's not going to burn just like that. It's all magicified and that kind of thing. You know, he tossed it in the, f in the fire, and David found it, and so now they're all suspicious of Arthur, and as Mary Margaret said, now we have to contact Merlin, because we need to know what the hell is going on. And so Regina's like, well, we do know someone that has been chosen by Merlin, a.k.a. the Arthur, a a.k.a. Henry, a.k.a. the little broken-hearted one. And so they summon Henry to the vault, and uh, basically, you know, this is where Henry gives his line, you know, you know, mm -hmm. Emma's still in there, it's, it's the darkness, and we could save her, and she's still my mom. And so Henry places the crimson crown, a.k.a. the uh, bedazzled Fungus. toadstool. <laughs> yes, into Fungus. the cauldron, and uh, an image of Merlin appears, and Merlin's like, um, I mean, and Henry's like, Merlin? And uh, it appears to be a pre-recorded message, and basically it's Merlin informing them that things are worse than he has ever feared, and that the only way to stop the Dark One, to defeat the Dark One, is with Nimue. Dun, and everyone's dun, dun. like, who? And uh, before he could say anything else, Merlin says that the Dark One has found him. Oh no! Leading the others to believe, you know, or I, sh I should say leading, leading Hook to say, what the hell did the Dark One do to him? So, we need to find Nimue. Who's Nimue? We'll find out next week, because that's the name of the episode. But, um, what did everyone oh, okay. think of this final scene? In particular, because now, our present day... Uh, storybook, storybrook Avengers know that Arthur is a shady, shysty person, which we all knew from day one, but they're now figuring this out in present day. And uh, this whole thing with Merlin, like, I was trying to figure out where Merlin was. You know, I was, like, looking at the background, and it looked like the town, in my opinion. It looked like it was in Storybrook. Uh, it didn't look like Camelot. Honestly, I thought it looked like the inside of a castle. Like I, I thought I saw bricks behind him and like a 
See, I thought I saw oh, the stores, like the shops, the... and he was on the streets of Storybrooke. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. I'm gonna go right. back and look at that. So I'll get back to you on that. Okay. So everyone, just in general, uh, Arthur, his shadiness, and Merlin and Nimue. Merlin's voicemail. Yes. That was so funny. Well, Regina saved the day again. Regina's to mark the one call or the to mark the call urgent, one. press one. <laughs> yes, exactly. Always Regina, so one-liners to save the day. Ava, what did you think? Uh, I, I think right now the story is like, it's fast-paced. They're like, okay, we gotta get to the point. We only have, I don't know, four more episodes left before the winter finale. Because they wasted episode at least two episodes in the beginning. <gasps> um <gasps> <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry, but the story is uh, taking a fast-paced storytelling, basically. So, I am looking forward for Numue. I'm wondering why would they need to um, cut the Dark Swan storyline as a whole to just 11 episodes. I mean, as Ava said, it is fast-paced right now. But if they could just prolong it and have it fall unfold through the entire season, they would have so much more uh, time to do the things they want to do and do, the, do them properly. But, I mean, if they want to do Camelot just for 11 episodes, I can, I can understand that. But they don't have to wrap up the Dark Swan storyline in just 11 episodes. That's... I think, I think the audience has started to get a bit confused because they get so much stuff from here and there in the course of so little time and yeah this is why they don't have time to develop all the characters everything feels rushed and um, I mean next week we'll see Nimue, Nimue how do we pronounce her name Nimue. again? Nimue Nimue, Nimue. Story, yeah storyline and why couldn't they do that for the entire season? I mean, we could have Merlin and Nimue for more than just until the winter finale, I think. Then, I don't know. I'm... Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Yes. <laughs> That's part of the story on why they have to cut it so short. Unless yeah, I don't mind the half-season arcs, because they've kind of worked in some cases, in my opinion. Because, I mean, some of these villains don't necessarily need to be there for a full season. But I do agree that they should have kept Camelot, maybe, for the first half. And then the second half would be another story involving Dark Swan and then some yeah, new characters coming into the mix because it does seem rushed because we did have an entire season arc last season with the author and the sorcerer and th that all of that build up and that kind of thing so they have been able to do sort of like a full season arc that doesn't have to deal with the villains that makes sense and is explored throughout the first half and the second half of the season. I don't know why they couldn't have done that with Dark Swan. Having the whole Dark Swan, Emma getting darker and, you know, all this kind of stuff and more evil and the darkness absorbing inside of her a whole lot more throughout an entire season as opposed to just 
11 episodes. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 was, I was sure. Yeah, I was sure that the Dark Swan would stick around for the whole season. Even if they changed yeah. the sceneries, even if they left Camelot, I was certain that the that Emma would be the Dark Swan for at least the season. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense why they're going to get rid of it so fast. If it took Rumpelstiltskin how long to do it? I mean, the only excuse that I could think that they could give is that, oh, okay, you know, we figured out how to get it out of Rumpel. So now, obviously, since we already know, now we know how to, you know, help Emma. But even that doesn't make sense because it, it's not the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like someone else hopefully isn't absor absorbing the darkness and, and that kind of thing although there's theories of that kind of stuff but i won't even mention it until we get into spoilers yeah i can see it from an economical standpoint of that if this god forbid god forbid this is the last season it's not if something happens you never know i've had shows been canceled on me before when they were when they were promised another season if something happens, they can wrap up the story easier at the end of the season and change some things around. And I can understand how the Dark Swan part is so short because the repercussions of what's happening now and what happened to Camelot is going to continue way past into the next seasons. Hopefully. And uh, Ash, don't be like one of Katie's uh, Anon <laughs> asks, asking if it's going to get canceled. <laughs> Is it gonna get canceled, Katie? Oh my gosh! Yes, tomorrow. I heard on your show that they're gonna cancel Once Upon a Time. Yep, it's... sorry guys. It's happening. <laughs> yes, the last episode is the 100th episode. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop there. I don't even 100. Yes. Katie, give your opinions, because I know you have your own opinions on the split season approach. <laughs> as well as the Dark Swan getting wrapped up potentially very soon. <laughs> okay, so starting with the split seasons, I actually was not super excited to hear that they were going to do another split season this season. Um, I thought it worked really well for the third and the fourth season, but I kind of felt like after you do it for too long, it becomes too redundant, and I feel like they needed to have changed it up a little bit, and they didn't. And so I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Um, and I do think it probably would have worked better if they had focused on Emma becoming the Dark Swan in the first half and then focus on her as the Dark Swan in the second half. Yes. Um, like you said, Pimenta. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't mind the way they're doing it now, but I just feel like it's going to get wrapped up so quickly. And... You know, the darkness was is has the dark one curse has been such a huge thing for the past four seasons. And they're gonna supposedly possibly wrap it up or whatever within a half season, eleven episodes. That's kind yeah. of eh to me. Um I mean I'm holding out judgment to see what they do uh in the finale for this arc, but I don't know. I'm just, I kind of wanted them to shake things up and not, and do something different than the two, um, the two half seasons that are unrelated to each other. I wanted to see something different happen for them to shake things up to keep viewers interested and not falling into the same patterns again. But 
I don't know. I agree. I completely agree with you. And I would have thought that after last season, they would have realized that it's not very healthy for the show to... to I mean, I, I like how the split seasons work in regards to the, the hiatus thing, hiatus thing. Because it's more enjoyable for us to get 11 episodes without a stop and then 11 more without a stop. I get how that works. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to stop the storyline and begin another one in the second yeah. half. Um, yeah. And, and I am absolutely opposed, opposed to them bringing uh, so many guest characters for just 11 episodes and then have them either go or die or, or disappear in the background and still giving them uh, at least one hour of background story that could have been used way better. Um, yes, I like like I said about Merida, she is a great addition to the show, but she would she feels random to me. She she doesn't fit. She's just there for some reason that I don't understand. I get Camelot. I get Merlin. I get uh, the Dark Swan. But how does Merida fit to all this now? Specifically now, right now. And I, I like you said, Katie. They are probably wrapping up the Dark Swan storyline by the winter finale, and I'm. After all the, the the media fuss that went through the during summer, I would expect I would have expected to it I would have expected it to last way more, and I don't think this works. This format works. I think they have to realize that they need to change what they're doing if they want to keep their viewers interested somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they have, they, have a, they have a good story with the Dark Swan, and it has potential. But if they keep doing what they're doing, yeah, I, I they, I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> I reached my final point. I'm raising my hands in the air. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> It's a yeah. good it's a good storyline. It has potential for every character yet if they rush it then it will be wasted. Much like yeah. the Queens of Darkness because I think I for last year I thought that the Queens of Darkness uh, were very easily going to be an entire year thing but they got the rights to Frozen and they had a Frozen season and then the Queens of Darkness and yeah, this year is pretty much the same, and I would I would have thought that they would have learned, but they haven't apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the first two seasons, it was really nice to have like a full season arc, and then it was nice for them to switch it up for the third and the fourth season. Um, and I don't know, I just feel like to keep things going, maybe they should have changed it up a little bit. Yeah, although. For me, the second season didn't really have a full season arc. Like, I always see the second season as kind of like the jumbled season. Because they had the the arc that was split up between Enchanted Forest, you know, uh, Emma and 
and uh, Mary Margaret in the Enchanted Forest, and then Storybrooke, and then and we then had. York. Well, no, then we had um, Hook and Cora invade Storybrooke, and then once Cora died, then we had like this weird. Um, what was the guy's name? The um, Greg and Tamara storyline. So it was kind of like oh. three story arcs that yeah, season. Yeah, season two was a little weird. Yeah. They were all like good individual episodes, but they didn't seem to connect super well. Plus they had all the breaks, which was pissing everybody off. Oh but Katie, I'm, I'm, I want to get into a couple stuff, but it's going to mention some spoiler stuff. So I think you should give the warning. Okay, it's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is your official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You can check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash storybookweeklymirror. And you can also visit my site at storybookmirror.com to catch all of the latest spoilers, filming news, casting news, everything. So make sure you check those out. Um, so did you want to go first before I get into other stuff? or? Yes, because I want to get everyone's opinion on some things. Okie dokie. Because we, I'm sure we've all seen the images. We've all seen the pictures of Emma back in her red jacket. We have Gold with the dagger, and he's like cutting himself and that kind of thing. So, I have Robin with his bow and arrow. Shut up. I, that's all I think about. <laughs> Well, there you go. But one of the things that's like really bugging me about all that is, uh, first off, that means we're assuming that the Dark Swan storyline is over. And oh. the other thing that a lot of the internet has been assuming is if the dagger is back and if Gold has the dagger and if he's cutting himself, that means that they're probably needing the Dark One's magic to do something. So don't tell me that gold is back to being the dark one. I think we saw I think in the picture she didn't have his cane, right, Katie? Correct. He's not uh, right. limping anymore. No. But it's you're it's right, like though. really are they going to make him the dark one again? Cuz are they redeeming him or are they not redeeming him? It's just so confusing. And if they make him the dark one again, then this whole dark swan storyline has been for naught. It's like a cheap parlor trick sort of like you know look at this illusion and then bam we're back to normal yeah, yeah exactly. this is why this is why i think that there's something wrong lately hopefully it isn't what we've seen hopefully maybe it's something to do with that they need the blood of a previous dark one or something i just hope yeah. he really isn't the dark one again because if not yeah. then why are we experiencing emma be the dark one it makes no sense. They're just going to trade places, and then all of a sudden, in a year, Emma will be the dark one again. I think that they were, I think that they were doing something about getting rid of the darkness, maybe. And because we saw Nimue... But why does this dagger exist now? Why, if they got rid of the darkness, what would be the need for the dark one dagger? Well, it would have what? to become what? part of the Scalebur again. Yeah. To make it whole. What? Correct, but it seems that it we've seen it whole, because we've already discussed that yeah. in the previous spoiler section, and then in the next episode, it's broken again. Yeah. Maybe so that's, I don't know. Someone's no longer there. Dun, dun, dun. There you go. But oh. one thing that I will say that's, 
I am very annoyed about, and I've mentioned it before, and I will keep on saying it until <laughs> hopefully it's proven that I'm wrong. But if they kill Merlin, someone who they built up for an entire season, all of last season, from the very first scene up until the very last scene of the season, they built up the sorcerer. The sorcerer. We finally found out his name. The sorcerer. The sorcerer. And if they built this character up for him to only be in like six episodes where we actually see him and then he gets killed that's going to be very annoying and not only on top of that i mean this show although i know that they're not doing it on purpose but as a latino man it's very evident that this show seems to in particular always kill off their persons of color characters you know, anyone of color is, like, dead on the show, except they brought back Lancelot, which, you know, I agree with. But to bring on another character of color just to kill them off is, like, kind of annoying. Yeah. I agree with that. And yeah. I actually, you know, I think that, first of all, we ha we've had so many uh, um, behind-the-scenes pictures this year, yet I still don't understand what the hell is going on, which is enjoyable for once. <laughs> uh, but I think I saw a theory going around the internet that said that, that suggested that maybe it's not Emma, the one who cast the curse right now. Maybe it's Nimue. And to do that, she had to sacrifice the heart of the person she loved the most. And if Nimue is who we think she is, then that person was Merlin, which is why we don't see him in Storybrooke. The only thing that I have with that theory is that if that people are saying that she was the first dark one, and if that's yes, true, yes. then she would have to be dead. But then oh, Katie gave me a theory that apparently people think that she's the darkness, which is, oh, I guess, yeah. all that plasma black stuff that spins <laughs> around. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's basically... Yes, yeah. yeah. Although I like the other theory that Ash said, because this one to me makes sense, but it doesn't explain why Merlin isn't there and why Nimue is alive. But basically, Ash said that there was a theory that apparently Emma sacrificed um, Hook's heart. So she crushed Hook's heart. She found some way to keep him alive, and that's why he's still alive. But then once whatever ends up happening to where she's no longer the Dark One and she's back to being just Emma, the big boobed fury, you know, comes back and collects the price, you know, because you got to pay the price. Much like what happened with Robin, where they were going to collect his soul, they, the fury comes back and collects Killian's soul. And so that leads into the next arc, you know, because they have to go to the underworld to save him or to bring him back or, you know, whatever. I'm really glad you brought this because up. Because it doesn't make sense as to why Hook disappears. You know, if we get into the whole, you know, Nimue cast the curse and this, that, or the other. Like, why would Killian be need to be sent to the dark? Um, yeah. Sorry, really, why really would Killian need to be sent to the underworld? Facebook conversation because I want to expand on yes. this really quick because I've been waiting yeah yeah I messaged him at five o'clock in the morning and he answered but um I'm available for all of you <laughs> at any time 
Charlie's Angels. Hey, Bobby, Bobby, I feel neglected. We've never had a 5 a.m. conversation ever since I got hired for this job. We have to schedule <laughs> one. Yeah, well, it has to happen again. We'll have to start theorizing again. Sounds like a plan. That's when the best theories come out. So go ahead, Ash. This, I, I was waiting all episode to talk about this because I couldn't say anything without it being spoilery and going into what I said before, but I want to go back on my theory and say that Hook isn't, that she didn't use Hook's heart to cast this curse. I do not think that she cast it anymore because I see as everything that she's doing to try to get around having to use Hook's heart. Like, she's trying to get Selena to help her put magic back into Excalibur. She used Rumple to get the sword. She's using all these people, all these, all this dark magic to go around this. And that's why she took away everyone's memories. That she doesn't want anyone to find out that she needs to kill Hook in order to pay the price for all that she's done. And I don't the- understand this, though. If Sorry to interrupt you, but... Um, if Emma was indeed, you know, she had to do something as dark as the Dark Curse, then she would have to sacrifice the heart of the person who, who she loved the most. But that person would be Hook? Really? It wouldn't be Henry? I well, mean, you know, it could be either or, but, but hold on. Let's, let's let Ash continue on with her theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I think that Nimue is the one that cast the curse. If she's alive somehow, and she's the one that made the curse, and she put her own spin on it, like trapping people in trees, hint, 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 um, that would explain why Hook isn't dead yet. And that at the end of this season, the end of this um, half season, he figures out what she needs from him, and he does it. And that's why he's not in that final that scene that we know of with the ring around the neck and um, he's not and Rumpel's cutting himself with the dagger and that's how we get into this whole Hades thing that we go back to the underworld well we go to the underworld to save him and that's where I think the redemption for Rumpel is going to come in I don't think it's going to be in this half of the season it's going to be the next half wait so what Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that theory so you're saying that Emma had to sacrifice Hook. The thing she loves the most to pay for the darkness being taken away. Oh. Oh, the darkness. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Okay, so you think Hook is going to sacrifice himself so that Emma can get rid of the darkness? Do you remember that spoiler that came out of Hook being on top of the building and shouting Emma's name and then jumping off? Jumping, yeah. I have a feeling that has to do with this kind of stuff. That he sacri—I really think that he sacrifices himself once he finds out. And I think that the reason why no one has memories is because she didn't want everyone to know what needs to happen for her to be light again. And that's why no one could take the darkness from her. Only she could do it. That's why everyone else failed. Quotations. Okay. That's an interesting theory, and that kind of makes sense as to why they would have to go to the Underworld. But I still don't like what we're all getting at. That Merlin is dead. Like, really? Like, I after really all this time, Merlin's all dead. of the build-up, Merlin's dead. I know that you dead. need it. We had this whole conversation on it. I really think that Merlin's dead. 
Well, I agree too, but I just think it's... How do you... I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. And also, I hate that they killed off another person of color. So... I agree. I agree with that. And I still... I don't even... I don't feel comfortable enough with the idea that the great and powerful Merlin dies because Emma has to sacrifice someone to get the darkness out of herself when apparently she could have done it if she, if her heart was ready to be freed of the darkness. Ugh. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I went back and watched the scene and he has bookshelves. He like has a shelf behind him with stuff on it. So he's inside somewhere. But I can't really see much more of that because it's kind of like transparent. Like, you can see the wall behind him. Where okay, so that could be his tower, in a sense. Maybe. Maybe. I just see, yeah. like, jars. That's it. Yeah, that could be his tower. So, uh, really, Merlin? It's just sad how they build him up, and then all of a sudden, bam, he's out of the picture. Although, Katie, you know, when we had this talk, Katie did say that, you know, maybe some way, you know, magically, they could still bring him back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe when they go to the underworld. Maybe. So, okay, so Katie, can you continue on with some actual spoilers? I think we're done theorizing about what the hell's going to happen in a couple of episodes. <laughs> it's out of our systems. Yes. Yeah, okay, so let's see here. Um, okay, so we got the uh, title for the 100th episode, which is the spring premiere. The title is Souls of the Departed, and it is written by Adam and Eddie, of course. Cora. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's the next news. Barbara Hershey is going to be returning to um, the show for the 100th episode for The Souls of the Departed. Um, she'll be returning as Cora, so I'm going to guess that they need her in the underworld or we see her in the underworld or something. So burning um, in the flames. <laughs> May I jump in for to add something about that? Maybe. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I saw this this great theory online. Uh, you guys are familiar with the Greek? Um, uh, oh my God! Persephone. Uh, yeah, with that yeah. theory. Persephone. Yes, that theory about yeah. Persephone. That was. I I actually had forgotten about that. Shame on me and my Greek background. I had forgotten about that, and when I saw that Persephone, the Practically, the queen of the underworld was also called Cora. I lost my mind. I mean, people commented on that and said that imagine if Cora actually managed to make her dreams come true and she became a queen, but she became a queen in the underworld. How cool would that would that be if they do that? Well, she was the queen of hearts. So she was a queen, but here's my whole thing, and and uh, it's been a long time since I've read any Greek mythology, so so maybe you would know more than I. But wasn't Persephone alive when she got kidnapped into the underworld and basically forced to become? Yes. Okay, yes, so that alive. so it's a little different than once because Cora obviously died. And Persephone yes, was also true. a lot more kind and forgiving than Hades was. Yeah, and Persephone was like a very nice way. person. Well, 
true, but still, if you watch the the Hercules film, it's they it's, it's just based on the myth, but it's not entirely. It's not telling the story of the Greek mythology anyway. In any case, we know that uh, Once Upon a Time likes to take their own spins in the story, so I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. Oh, maybe I, w I would be surprised if they did the Korra being the Queen of the Underworld thing, because that would be so too good. It would be too good. Yeah, it would be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if Hades is the type of person, you know, sort of like a callback to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, like the first, where Hades can take on the form of uh, maybe some of the deceased, whether they're good people Probably. or bad people. Probably, yeah, to scare people off. I feel so young when you guys mention Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I haven't watched that. I haven't watched that thing. I haven't I... seen it either. It's really good, although it has <laughs> aged a little bit. Just a little. I think it's so cool to think of um, of the Persephone part of mythology where if someone sacrificed their life for somebody else, the person that they loved, that she would let them both go back to Earth. Like I, That would be really cool to see them incorporate that. And yeah, I but that's not going to come from Korra. So no, that's why not. I don't think it'll be her. No, but maybe But I am excited to see Hades. Yeah. I want to see I want to see the blue wig, the blue flamed wig. Please let him have blue flames as for hair. <laughs> we need Hades, we need pain and panic, and if they could somehow relate this with Dr. Facilier from The Princess and the Frog, that'll make me happy. There you go. Just for you. <laughs> exactly. Well, everything that I've predicted has come true. So all we need is Dr. Facilier, and I think that's the last thing that I've really wanted to happen. There you go. <laughs> well, that um, and now Merlin's still being alive somehow. Yes. Yes. That one for sure needs to happen. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, yes, Cora is coming back. Um, also... Uh, they cat Tan Katrina Tan, I think it is, who yes. visits. Yeah, she visits the set quite often, and she knows a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, she lives on the set. I, bl I believe yeah. that. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> She's um, a lucky she, girl. Yeah, for sure. Um, she posted and said that she. What did she say exactly? Let me let me figure it out. She said, okay, she said that she is hearing that Robbie K will be back for the 100th, 100th episode as Peter Pan, um, which also makes sense since he technically died as well. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised not. if we have uh, Balefire come back, Neil. Yeah, please I'm bring Balefire back. Please, please bring him back. I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised be if painful, he made an appearance. Honestly. Well, I wouldn't be surprised, because I think they're trying to bring back a lot of people for the 100th, yeah. and especially now they can bring back the dead people because of the underworld, they even though, I mean... bring Graham her, back, and that makes me sad. Yeah, I don't think they're going to bring Graham back. It pisses me off. <laughs> really? Go dump a bunch of Fifty Shades of Grey book into the ocean. You should. <laughs> you should go ask yourself... <laughs> the Boston Tea Party of Fifty Shades of yes. Grey. <laughs> You should go ask yourself, like a billion anonymous asks, about Graham now. 
Katie, Katie, I heard on your show that Graham is going to be a regular character now in the other half of season five. <laughs> is this true? I've been keeping that a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Can they also bring Marion back, please? Bring uh, Marion. Katie, back. I heard that Marion's going to be back on Once Upon a Time on your show. Is this true? Yes. <laughs> I really, I really, I really wish for her to come back and get some closure on what the hell happened to her originally before Zelina got involved. Please, I really need this. Really? Yes. I mean, Ro who cares Ro about Marion? I do, and and I I do because the writers made me do that when they oh said. Oh Lord! That Next, you'll be asking for Mila back. Well, have some drama for Captain Swan at, at last. <laughs> You've got enough drama. This what's drama? Oh, come on, that's not drama. Drama is what Rumble has gone through. <laughs> oh, you don't think that finally it's canon and she says, I love you, and then gives herself over to the darkness and is lost to her loved ones. And that's like, not they're drama. Fighting try to get her back? Like, Frumple became the Dark One because he couldn't face his fears. Emma became the Dark One to save her loved ones from the darkness. She there sacrificed herself. Yeah. Rumple just wanted power. That, Sorry. That's not what I... Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> that's not what I meant anyway. Anyway, we have to discuss this in another time, maybe. Yes, Katie, <laughs> continue <laughs> on. Ladies, go to your respective corners. Yeah. And then... Come out duking it out in a couple minutes. We so, but Katie, say continue on. What we want to say. And let the words fall out. Oh, no. <laughs> so, anyways, moving past that. I um, think I got Ash in on it, and now it annoys Katie. <laughs> if you can't going. beat him, join him. <laughs> Thank you. If you shut up, I might as well come with you. Okay, so. Besides the 100th episode, they've also cast somebody, or they've also cast Merida's parents, King Fergus and Queen Eleanor, for the I... ninth episode, <laughs> The Bear King. They class Gen Gen Glenn, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this correctly, so just take my, my, uh, my accent. Glenn, Walking Dead. I heard you were talking about The Walking Dead on your show, Katie. <laughs> What? <laughs> Katie doesn't do The Walking Dead. dead. She's very it. scared of it. I did, there's too much gore. Too much gore. I don't. I don't. I can't. Katie's do it. not a gore lady. Nope. <laughs> okay. But anyways, okay. So their names are Glenn Keog and Caroline Morahan. Um, they will be playing. Uh, yeah, they will be playing King Burgess and Queen Eleanor in the ninth episode, The Bear King. Also, another bit of casting news. Um, they have said that they, for an early season 5B episode, they're guest casting the roles of a dashing, strapping young man who is single-minded in his pursuit of his destiny to be the greatest hero who ever lived. Zero to hero, baby. It's coming, baby. It's coming at last. And uh, is that a his, his sassy? Yes, and his sassy sidekick. And they are also Man. casting a plucky eighteen-year-old female adventurer with a sly sense of humor and a tough, no-nonsense spirit. So Meg. I'm guessing that's Meg and Hercules. Yes. 
Hercules and Megara. Confession, I have not seen the movie. That's my You haven't homework. seen any movie, Katie. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. It's okay. I, okay. I was you guys not allowed to see favor and see it. Wait, yeah, can you repeat you that, Katie? You weren't allowed to see it? No, I was not allowed to watch Hercules when I grew up. And I was also not allowed to watch Pocahontas when I grew up, which is sad. What? Why? Pocahontas is because it apparently didn't... It didn't follow the actual historical events or something like that. Yeah, I didn't, didn't know. Still, it's a Disney it's movie. It's not a documentary. It's got a talking raccoon in it. I know. Well, no, Flick doesn't talk. He, but, he basically um, does. Oh no, Flick is the is the bird. I forget the little hummingbird thing. I forget what um, <laughs> the raccoon is. But anyway, uh, Miko. There you go, Miko. Anywho, but wait, why not Hercules? Because it wasn't accurate. No, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know why. To be honest. Well, you don't want to read like the real yeah. Greek stuff because there's like incest and there's a whole yeah. lot of sex. Like well, the. the- Greeks, we're getting it on. Let's let's yeah, with everyone really and fine. anyone. And I, I mean, there's the whole story either. about Zeus turning into a bull and uh, banging that chick in, in like yep. the forest. <laughs> Are you talking <laughs> about <laughs> and the Swan? Because we went over Greek myths in school and stuff. Because I was homeschooled, but um, oh. my mom let us go through a Greek myth course. So. I don't, maybe it was, we weren't supposed to watch it when we were little, and then I just forgot about it and never watched it as a teenager, or Seriously, something like that, do I don't yourself, know. Yeah, do yourself a favor and watch this film, because it's one of the best Disney has ever done, and I'm saying that, even though I know how far away they've 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 um, drifted from the original myth, but it's so good, and so well made. And the music and is fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's my homework it's, for this next upcoming season. Yeah, good homework, homework. And and Hades just rocks. Hades is I know he looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, do it. Watch and there's it. a whole animated series that's really good too. So you have a lot of stuff to catch up on. Cool, cool, cool. Catch up, okay. <laughs> Super cool. Okay, In so beyond. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm close. I'm close. I swear. Okay, so for the next few episodes, they okay, they came out with they did a I think it was TV Guide, I believe it was TV, TV Guide. TVline.com. TV Line? Was it really TV Line? Who did the November sweeps thing? Yes, yes. it was TV Line. You're right. Switch that. Um TV Line did a little bit of teasers for the upcoming November episodes for their November sweep spoiler guide. Um, so I'll just skip over the Nimue one because we actually have a press release that I'll be reading in a few minutes. Um, but they gave us some teasers into Birth, which is episode eight. They said that Merida is facing an issue in present day with Selena and Arthur, to which Mulan and Ruby. Well, I'm reading the wrong thing. Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this doesn't sound like it. What's going on? <laughs> Anyways, okay. So, they said this about episode 8, which is entitled Birth. They said, Hook risks everything to uncover the truth about what Emma did in Camelot. And then for the next episode, which is part of the two-hour episode run, um, it's the ninth episode entitled The Bear King. They said that Red and Mulan returned to help Merida uncover the truth about her father's death. Um, okay. Before I get into the press release for Nimue, um, 
Amy Manson did some interviews with um, different places. And um, she gave some spoilers for the upcoming two-hour uh, thing that's come or episode run that's coming up. Um, she said that... And just to clear it up really quick for the people, it's not a two-hour episode no, like the Snow Queen. It is two episodes back-to-back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, anyways, EW did an interview with Amy Manson, and she explained that for the ninth episode, we will be switching back and forth between Dunbroke in present day and Dunbroke in flashbacks. The flashbacks will be dealing with who killed her father and why. Um, she also said that we will be finding out how Mulan met Merida in this episode in flashbacks, and we will see her try to find Mulan in present day, and apparently they will happen upon Ruby, who will be in a dire situation when we meet her again. But oh we no. Will also- yeah, so there were also some um, spoiler stills of the of both Ruby separately. She's holding something. I can't figure out what it is. She looks pretty. And- Yes, she looks amazing. (laughs) And then also Merida and Mulan. Um, So you can go to our site, my sites, or uh, the Starbuck Weekly Mirror one on Facebook to find those images. Um, And I know that we had talked about this briefly before when we sort of talked about the return of uh, Mulan. We had sort of thought that it was Merida and Mulan that were going to get their groove on. But I think it is now Mulan and Ruby. I Wait, think it's all is- three of them at the same time, honestly. Oh my. <laughs> oh. Did you really? Not on really? this kind of show. Are, are you kidding? <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think uh, Mulan and Ruby are going to fall in love. Yeah, because Merida did say that, confirm that she will not be getting a love interest on the show because they kind of want to focus just on her and how she's able to do these things by herself. So um, that's kind of her character in the movie, and they didn't want to change that for the show. Hashtag girl power. Oh, there you go. Um, I don't think, okay, I'm going to do filming spoilers really quick and then get into the press release. I'm just building up excitement here. Um, yes. So, there was some major scenes that were shot in um, Storybrooke. Um, I think it was sometime last week. Uh, so, basically, they did a ton of shots, or they did scenes with the Dark Swan, Regina, Robin, Charming, Henry, Snow, and the dwarves. Um, and they were all marching in the streets. Um, apparently Emma and Regina looked upset about something. They talked for a while. And there were also... They filmed scenes with a ton of figures that were shrouded in dark cloaks walking around Storybrook. Um, Nimue was apparently on the set. And... I'm trying to see if I get this correct. But I believe a scene that was shot was shot with um, Henry was standing somewhere and Emma shouted at him not to move and Nimue had ran up to him or something like that and then he seemed to freeze. Yeah, Yeah, and then he seemed to freeze and Dark Swan Emma ran over to him. Um, 
so no clue what's going on there. But apparently there was also another scene filmed where um, all of the characters are holding their wrists, checking for a pulse, and they all look shocked. So We're all dead. I think it has to do with the legend and that she would mark people that were to be (gasps) taken. Right. Oh, yeah. So when she ran oh. up to Henry, she she marked him by passing gas. <laughs> oh my god, do you guys think that they are she all dead? on him. Maybe they're <gasps> all dead. Oh my dun, gosh. Dun, dun, plot twist, as Katie would say. <laughs> Maybe they're all dead, and that's what Emma did. Maybe they, she killed them all, and she, this is not them now. This is their souls. Yep, so this is the final season. Yeah, no, I mean, they are oh, coming so, back. Katie, I heard on your show that this is the final season of Once Upon a Time. Crap, <laughs> <Yes>. guys. <laughs> How did Rat. you know? <laughs> Stop listening to that... us. <laughs> Do we think that Nimue is the one that was on the boat with the big boob theory that one oh, time? Oh, that might be her. I went back and watched it, and you can't see anything. It's just a shrouded figure on a boat that's on a piece of wood. The boat's not even in the water. Yeah. I think in every episode since she's been on, we've mentioned the Big Boo Fury at least once. <laughs> at least. Yeah. <laughs> she's well, spectacular. She's, she's the lady of the lake. That's that's what her her character is. It's the lady of the lake. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Shout out to Big Boobs. Go ahead. (laughs) So lots of stuff coming up there, but um, let's see. Also, okay, so I think that's it for the major stuff. Um, But also the press release came out for Nimue. And this is, there's a lot. So this is what it says. In Camelot, Merlin spearheads a mission to reunite the dagger with Excalibur so he can use the weapon to save Emma from the darkness threatening her soul. <gasps> that was a long sentence. Oh my. <laughs> With Zelina in tow, Hook, Mary Margaret, David, Regina, and Robin steal into Arthur's castle to take the broken sword from the maniacal king. Meanwhile, wait, 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 or wait, wait. maniacal. Did I say maniacal? Maniacal. Yes. <laughs> Explain to this poor non English speaker person what does in the job. Mean? Oh. <laughs> in tow? Yes. In tow means that they're all... I'm sorry, let me read what kind together. of... Together. Yeah, they're all together. But so, Zelina so in tow, she's following along with them, basically. Really? Kind of, yeah. She's a or series regular, they've got to include her in something. Yeah. Or okay. they're, like, taking with them or something. Um, okay. Maniacal King. Moving on. Meanwhile, Merlin brings Emma along on a journey to confront his ancient nemesis and retrieve the sacred spark he'll need to reforge Excalibur. Both parties are tested, but one suffers a blow that could derail the entire operation. In a flashback to long before the age of Arthur, young Merlin finds purpose after he is blessed with magic and immortality. But when he falls in love with a young refugee named Nimue, everything changes for Merlin as the romance starts a chain of events that touches every one of our present-day heroes. And the episode was written by Jane Espenson, who's my favorite. So. 
So it sounds like this is going to be an episode like the uh, Camelot Arthur love triangle flashback where if we even see Storybrooke, it's just going to be like a little scene. Oh, yeah. No. Something like that. Not another um, one, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving up. I'm giving up. I'm giving up slowly. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> anyway. Anyways. So, um, also they have come out with the promotional photos. So you can check those out on our site. Or you can go to farfarawaysite.com where they have some fantastic... Um, HD photos of for all the episodes. Um, okay, so that's it for spoilers. They did come out with the ratings for um, for this uh, for this past episode. <laughs> I didn't know what I was saying there. Um, so they have come out with the ratings for this past episode, and um, they did take down a tenth from last week's 1.6 to a 1.5, and they ticked down the millions of viewers to 4.83 millions of viewers. But that was expected because both the a World Series game is on. Was it the last World Series game? Yes. Okay, so the last World Series game was on last night, uh, along with Sunday Night Football. So. That was expected. Um, I'm going to expect that they are going to... Uh, they're going to take up with DVR numbers. Um, so yes. and it was the highest rated in the 18 to 49 demographic as far as scripted shows. That's correct. Woo. So calm down, people. Don't message uh, Katie. <laughs> Katie, I heard on your show again that the show is being oh canceled. God. Oh my gosh. I'm just the bearer of bad news. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. That's all I got. Yay. Yay. So, on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Visit poppychuloradio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash storybrookeweeklymirror. You can also like the station on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash radio. You can email us with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns at contact at radio.com co-hosts please wish the listeners a good night have a good night everybody good night everybody, good night, everybody. thanks for tuning in join us every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific for a brand new installment of storybrook weekly mirror good night everyone Bye.